Welcome to the Raiders Insider Podcast on NBCSportsCalifornia.com. Introducing your host, Oakland Raiders Insider, Scott Baer. Welcome, everybody, to the Raiders Insider Podcast. And to start the 2017 regular season, we have a new format. Normally, we just usher you directly into an interview with a player, coach, or Raiders alumni. Not this time. This time, we are bringing in Fallon Smith. That's right. NBC Sports Bay Area Raiders reporter. And your partner in crime. And my partner in crime. That is correct. (laughs) Don't forget about that. So while we still have an interview coming, it's going to be with Raiders wide receiver Amari Cooper. That will come later. First of all, we're going to talk all things Raiders leading up to the regular season opener, which happens on Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, and they will be playing the Tennessee Titans. So before we get into how many wins they're going to have and <laughs> lots of bold predictions, Fallon, <laughs> since this interview coming up is with Amari Cooper, we talk very little about football with Amari Cooper, but there's been a lot of people thinking Amari Cooper could have a breakout season well beyond his 1,000-yard campaign of last year and two years ago. Uh, He's confident. He's bigger, stronger, a little bit faster. How do you think he's going to do uh, in this Raiders offense, which should be pretty explosive? Well, it's funny, as you mentioned. I mean, he had two Pro Bowl seasons, right? He eclipsed the 1,000-yard mark, and he's going to be the first to tell you, that's not good enough. I need to do more. And you're like, huh? But then you go and you look at the stats, and you're like, okay, for the trend for the last two seasons, he's fallen off in the second half. Right. Uh, whether that be because of injury or what have you. We don't, I mean, we can't really. I mean, I guess we would be um, geniuses if we knew exactly what it was. I know in his first year it was mm-hmm. uh, an injury that he kept quiet. Um, but now he's in his third season. As you mentioned, he came in bigger, faster, stronger. The thing with Amari, and you saw that in his rookie season, he needed to be more physical. Right. Uh, and that is probably why he bulked up this offseason. Seven pounds of muscle. Yep. Uh, so off the line, he could jam, you know, those corners and get off them faster um, and just, you know, outrun them, obviously. He's already – he has the speed. But what I think is the reason why he's going to have the breakout year is because of his third year with Derek Carr. Um, right. And you saw that in the preseason, uh, that 48-yard touchdown strike was – A thing of beauty. A thing of beauty. And you had the pump fake. Carr never had that really in his arsenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now you see that. Uh, and just the chemistry with him and Carr, you know, before he um, Cooper's even out of his break, Carr knows where he's going. You know, he anticipates uh, where Cooper will be. And I just think because of that chemistry um, and we know what Amari is capable of, he will take the next step this year. And And what I think goes unnoticed is the fact that now you finally have a pass catcher tight end. Right. It, so it's going to open things up even more for you him and, you know, Crabtree. Totally stole my next question. Oh, okay. Thief. But I think you bring <laughs> up a great point is if I'm going to play devil's advocate here yeah. and say his numbers might not be as high, it's because there's only one football. Yeah, to go There's around. Jared Cook, Michael Crabtree, Seth Roberts just got a brand new deal. Will Amari Cordero. Cooper Patterson. see those targets? Yeah. So uh, I think it's going to be an, an interesting dynamic. The reason why I'm in your camp yeah. is because he is bigger, faster, stronger. Yep. Absolutely. And all those guys that we talked about, Jared Cook, who yep. you brought up, taking coverage away. Oh, yeah. So when you want a single coverage, or if you want to cover Amari with just one guy, 
I mean, <laughs> you're in trouble. You. You're in trouble. Um, I mean, at the same time, look, if we're wrong, right? If if the Raiders are successful without Mari Cooper having a 1,000-yard season, which I still think is going to happen, um, I don't think anybody cares, right? My favorite thing is that to start training camp, Amari Cooper was asked, you were there, uh, was asked, hey, uh, like another 1,000-yard season. Would that be a it's big not a deal? Big, he said, it's not a big deal. It's easy to get. He said, it's not that hard. <laughs> it's not that hard to get anymore. And, you know, I'm, I guess maybe not for him, but I, I do, I mean, it was 10 years be, between 1,000-yard seasons. Randy Moss. I, yeah, and, and I think that he could absolutely do it again. I think Michael Crabtree was a 1,000-yard guy last yep. year. You brought up Jared Cook, though. Yep. What kind of an impact do you think he's going to have on this offense? Well, first of all, um, if you saw, he never had – I mean, if you look back on Jared Cook's career, he never played with an elite quarterback, and it's, except for last year. Uh, he was hurt for the majority of the season, and you saw what he did in the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Um, and we have mentioned before how he's a true pass catcher, et cetera, et cetera. But um, if you talk about the impact that he's going to make, I mean, we kind of already touched base on it. People are going to have to look out for the middle of the field. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, for in the, when they're in the red zone. And that's something that Derek Carr hasn't really had. No. No offense to Clive Walford. But. Well, but Clive was young, and, and Lee Smith got injured. You know, and so now you have a guy that you can ry- uh, rely on in the middle of the field and you can re- rely on when you do get to the red zone. Yeah, and, and that, I think, is going to be important for an offense that should be pretty dynamic in the passing game, but also Marshawn Lynch is on this <laughs> team as well. And, yeah. You know, for as much as people say, oh, reporters must – hate that guy he drives him crazy because he doesn't talk to him i'm fine with it i'm fine just a good picture of him kicking football into the net like he did practicing field goals exactly i just think (laughs) he's such a dynamic personality that he brings fun he brings attention to what you're doing i think that's great on the field though yep how many carries uh, if we're in the uh, mood for bold predictions here fallon 10 to 12 a game 10 to 12 a game that's it yep just a couple I mean, I think it's going to change from game to game, but mm-hmm. you have a three-headed monster with Jalen Rashard and DeAndre Washington. Right. Those guys are going to get their touches too. True. You know? Yeah, and, and it goes again to the there's only one ball philosophy, <laughs> yeah. but there are a lot of weapons here that should make this team at least competitive mm-hmm. in every game. If we're going to flip the side of the ball here, there are a number of concerns oh, defensively. God. Um, the Raiders just, just so, uh, Raiders fans know we are taping this on a Tuesday afternoon. It's still yeah. very possible that they sign an inside additional linebacker. An, inside linebacker. an inside linebacker of some kind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I have to answer an, another question about Perry Riley or Alden Smith, I'm going to lose my mind, but, exactly. but what scares you the most okay. from a defensive perspective? Okay. Uh, well, you know, here's the thing. It, it's, it's such a hard question to answer only because look, they drafted, Gary Conley and Obi Malafonwu to have an impact right away. And we haven't seen those guys. Right. Obi paid 22 snaps in the preseason. Gary, Gary and Conley played zero. Um, so I think it's unfair to really judge right now what the defense is going to look like because we saw them in a limited capacity during the preseason. True. And I think that when Gary and Conley does play, it's going to take him a while to you know get adjusted to the speed of the NFL, et cetera. But – if he is as good as we think he's going to be, he can probably just rely on instinct and his talent 
to get him by the first couple of games until he gets comfortable in this defense, and then maybe we won't see those ginormous big plays that the Raiders are giving up, and he's going to help the secondary a ton. But again, we don't know. So my biggest concern is the question mark of not knowing what is going to happen with the secondary. And then, of course, inside linebacker. Right. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you have, you're relying on a guy, uh, a Mark Kelly, who's a rookie, and he didn't have a great preseason, uh, but you can't hold it against him. And then Corey James, I'm not sure if he's still injured or what, right. but you have those two guys who are young. Um, and, and it's going to – Jelani Jenkins, who no longer on this roster. No longer on the roster. I mean, it's, injury injury settlement. So they have to get somebody. They, I don't think there's any alternative. And I think entering into the first preseason game, even if you're going to be in dime a lot, yeah. you have to have some type of stabilized force on the inside that they absolutely don't have. I, I think it's an incredible risk given the level of expectation here. Yep. Given um, you know the weight of these early games we start with three of the first four games on the road yep. tennessee uh, they've won their uh, two straight years no easy task nope and i think all these early games could i mean you lose a game in tennessee that you should have won had you had the right linebacker yeah uh ten and six goes to nine and seven or it goes to eight and eight and you start losing your margin for error well let me add to that i just think it's the first game period and I feel like that's going to set the tone for the rest of the season, just like last year when they were in New Orleans and they went for the two-point conversion, and that really set the tone for the rest it of the did. season. Yeah. And I think this not only – I mean, the Raiders' offense is going to have all the confidence in the world regardless, right? But this will set the tone, I feel, more so defensively for the rest of the season if they get this loss and it's on the defense. Yeah, and, and there's something to be said for confidence, yeah. too, that – that if they go out there and they get beat or it's their fault, eventually that's going to start weighing on them. That's going to start wearing on them. And with this defense, there's there's a couple good players rushing off the edge. Khalil <laughs> yeah, Mack, Khalil Mack, Bruce Irvin. Bruce Irvin. <laughs> those guys are good. Their support system is a little different yeah. because Shalit Calhoun, third-round draft pick from last season, ridiculous, got cut. Hey, let's be real. You know Reggie McKenzie right now is trying to swallow his pride because he didn't want to make that decision. No. He didn't want to admit that he was probably wrong on that pick. And it's it's just crazy to think that a guy gets one year plus a preseason. Yeah. And his head got chopped off. Yeah, it's crazy. And even crazier, <laughs> he's back on the practice squad, uh, which is a real pride swallower for sure. For not for everybody though. Yeah. Involved for, in especially right, Shalik. For the front office. Yeah. For Shalik comes back making a lot less money, let's yeah. be honest. And then nobody picked him up. Right. Nobody picked him up and the Raiders are still missing an edge rusher. Oh, yeah. Basically, James Cowser is the backup yep. for Irvin and for Mac. Yep. But it, it, I think it puts them in a precarious situation. Now, there's also two roster spots that you would think could become open. Denver Kirkland and Keith uh, McGill are injured, could go on IR, mm -hmm. and then return later in the year. The, Ra the Raiders still haven't made that move. Um, it's very possible that they could make a move soon. Um, but I, I do think that when you look at this defense, you look at their depth. Um, I think there are a lot of, you know, concerns that are warranted. Obviously, uh, you know, Shalik was a misstep. But I guess at least Reggie can admit that it. But I honestly, I'm not even going to hold it against Reggie. I have known a couple people that covered Shalik in college. Okay. Michigan State and said he's a monster. Really? And it just did not translate 
to the NFL level, which is crazy. Right. Because everybody's seen the game tape. Everybody, all the people of the Raiders, they did their homework, the, you know, the scout guys and everything, and they thought he was going to be, you know, an impact player. And then he just wasn't. I mean, he didn't live up to his potential. And who knows why that is? I mean, he, he's technically sound. He has a lot of different pass rush moves. Um, he was a traditional 4-3 defensive yeah. end and yeah. then was a Sam linebacker here involved in more coverage and you need to be good, better in space. Better feet. Uh, you know, maybe those things don't necessarily work out for yeah. him. Um, you know, but it's that is just a minor footnote when it comes to this offseason, how many distractions <laughs> they've had, how many off-the-field issues they've had from Sean Smith being charged with assault and battery, Gary Conley's shin splints, as Reggie said, or shin injury, or maybe had surgery to repair his, you know, his issues. Uh, Marshawn <laughs> Lynch sitting during the anthem. All these. Donald off- Penn sitting out. Oh, my the Raiders gosh, the going. The one. Raiders going to Las Vegas. I mean, right. how many? And then now the Janikowski situation. And again, we're recording this on a Tuesday. Right. So we don't know what's going to happen with Janikowski. But, but there um, is a contract impasse at this particular time. Yeah. And something's going to have to happen by Saturday. This podcast will come out on Wednesday. So oh, he's going to get paid. Right. Or <laughs> or he's going to get cut. And, or yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, bigger question here. Yes. Bigger question. Does it have an impact on this locker room? All these little paper cuts, does it eventually weigh on this group again with the expectations? Uh, will the off-field distractions b- come back to bite them? Or is this just uh, you know training camp fodder and stuff for talk radio? And okay, so I'm going to be pretty corny right now. All right, lay it on me. Um, and I've said this you know, when we do our Facebook live chats about how Jack Tarrio is a great leader of men, right? But underneath him, you have... The two, basically, captains on this team who are Derek Carr and Khalil Mack, the guys who hold down the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. And they're going everybody below them, the entire team, they're going to follow their lead. And as you know, nothing phases these two guys. True. Nothing's going to phase Derek Carr. Nothing's going to phase Khalil Mack. Uh, they'll be the first ones to tell you that. So, in my opinion... It's going to be business as usual. They're going to play with the guys who they have. They're going to, uh, you know, block out all the outside noise, and they're just going to do their thing. Uh, I really do believe it starts with the the leadership with Jack. And I, I swear, I hate that saying. You know, he's a good leader of men or great leader. That's what he is. You know, uh, that's probably and, the best thing about his coaching style. Exactly. Less scheme, more leadership. Yeah, because he let you know everybody else who are his assistants do the work. You know what I mean? And he's going to be the face of this whole franchise. Um, And then, I I mean, obviously it helps having a guy like Derek Carr and a a guy like Khalil Mack, you know, playing for you and and really being that uh, leadership and that that voice in the locker room. Yeah, and he is a defensive-minded coach. Yes. His defensive coordinator (laughs) is sitting on a Bunsen burner right now. To call it a hot seat probably isn't fair, but... You know, when you look at it, Ken Norton Jr., lots of Raiders fans already, and we haven't even played a, an I actual know. game yet, are his, calling for his head. Yeah, I know. Right? Here, okay, that's an obvious question. Is he on the hot seat? Sure. Yes. My question to you is, yes. when does this fall on Jack Del Rio? When does Jack mm. Del Rio see shoulder some blame for this defense? Because, as you said, yes. he is the CEO. Ken yes. Norton is the professor of this defense, right? He's the guy whose hands are dirty here. But at one point, do you look back and say, gosh, so, I mean, Jack Del Rio, defensive-minded guy, yeah. 
when is this his fault? Well, it's crazy because you think about it, and in, uh, in my opinion, he already has his pulse on this defense, right, Jack? Uh-huh. You know, already kind of, you know, he started play, uh, calling the plays, you know, last last year, mm-hmm. and that obviously became such a big deal, right? It was. Um, and then you bring in a guy like Chuck Pagano, and that's, in my opinion, a way of saying, look, bro, <laughs> mm. Kenny, you need some help. Right. Right, and obviously we need some help, uh, especially defensively. So um, I think – he personally, if the time does come where if they lose a bunch of games, a string of games in a row, you know the second half of their season is tough. I think right before the bye week might be a, a, a time, mm-hmm. um, depending upon how the season has gone so far. But um, if you do let Ken Norton go and you're going to promote Chuck Pagano, because I think that's literally why he's kind of been brought in here, even though they say it's to help the communication in the to secondary. Give a fresh perspective. Fresh perspective, yeah, no. Uh, we all know what we all know why he was brought in here. Um, I think that is when, because I, as I mentioned, I mean he's a great leader, men, et cetera, blah blah blah. He's going to say, "Look, that was he'll take accountability for it." Right. It was my fault, you know. Whatever, this is on me. Uh, Kenny did a great job for us. Um, obviously, it wasn't good enough, but this was on me. I, I feel he would take responsibility at that time. Uh, right now, it's our opinion if it does fall on Jack, right? Because mm-hmm. you know. He's not gonna take responsibility right now for it. Right. Why, when the why time, would he? yeah. Why would he? The time when the time will come when maybe he will. Uh, for right now, yeah, it should fall on Jack. He kept him around, and, and in my opinion, look, Ken Norton Jr. He's awesome guy. The players love him, but he's just a rah rah guy. He's not an X's and O's guy, you know. And, and you see that on the field. He he plays too conservative. You right. know, he doesn't like to blitz. He doesn't like to blitz at all. And no, exactly. And and that's. Kind of not maybe the style of play that uh, a lot of Raiders fans <laughs> want to see, and that's why they're calling for his head. And I mean, obviously, the numbers don't lie. And we, there's been a lot of talk. Ken Norton Jr. came from USC, worked under Pete Carroll. Ill, 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 ill. I know to UCLA. Oh, that's so ugly and gross and nasty. But, but he went to UCLA, by the way. Right, he did. But Jack that's played a at USC point in his corner. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Jack. That's the, I can never wear a UCLA hat here because I don't want to get ridiculed at the press conference. I know. But I will say this though: is that uh, there's a lot of talk about the influence of Seattle's defensive philosophy. The best part of it is. You need extremely talented players. You need Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman exactly. and Cam Chancellor yep. to make that defense work. Yep. It doesn't just happen. You need talent yep. over scheme. Um, so we are getting ever so close to the end of our time here, Fallon. Yep. There is no way in heck what? that I would let you get out of our season preview podcast. <laughs> without what? Without another bold prediction. Oh, what well, you're talking That is Las Vegas. Oh, Lord. Says, or not Las Vegas, sports books. Okay. Have the over-under set at 10 wins for the Raiders. Okay. I think that's a push. Yep. What do you think? Well, okay, so again, we've spoken about this a lot this offseason. Uh-huh. Um, they have such a tougher schedule. Especially really in the do. second half. So my opinion is they better, you know, start off fast. They better get those few first wins, you know. I think they could start off 4-0, 5-0. Uh, the second half is going to be the big question, right, right? playing the NFC uh, East. In my opinion, I think they can win 11 games and still be a better team than they were last year. I agree with you. Yeah. I, and But there's going to be so many times, though, where you – you, you can't just expect the magic to happen. You can't just expect Derek Carr to pull a rabbit out of a hat <laughs> and know. make something. You have to get a lead and stay ahead. I think that's where Marshawn Lynch is going to be the closer, most valuable. The closer. Yeah. You talk about a ninth inning specialist. The Giants haven't had one in, in a long time. 
the value of those closers. Marshawn Lynch is, is, is a closer. Get you four yards in a cloud of dust. Finish that game. And we are finished with this portion of the podcast. But keep listening. Keep listening. Because we have an awesome interview with Raiders wide receiver, pro bowler, two-time thousand-yard guy. And he spoke in like long sentences, everyone. He was really good. I <laughs> Love for, it. For those expecting someone to be shy on a podcast, Mario Cooper was not that. Talks a lot about his book club, about his relationship with his mom. Love and, it. And uh, just people that had a strong impact on his game and really why. We think, Fallon and I agree, that this is going to be a true breakout year for Amari Cooper. So stay tuned for that. That's going to start right now. Peace out, Raider Nation. My guest on this edition of the Raiders Insider Podcast is somebody that you know very well. You're a Raider fan. You know Amari Cooper's exploits. You can go online just about anywhere and see that he's a two-time pro bowler exceeded a thousand yards two times has the stats of uh, somebody that's going to be a good pro for a long time but i encourage you to long on to another website 12 books a year blog.wordpress.com there you'll find amari set up a book club one book each month throughout the course of the year on a number of different different topics some of them are self-help some of them are novels some of them are stephen king yeah, yeah. that's about a thousand pages and, <laughs> yeah uh, maria i just want to talk to you about where did the inspiration come from uh for this how did it come about um i had a couple different reasons for uh actually starting the book, the book club one of them being um i wanted to be held accountable for continuing to learn um i once heard the best so the best education is self-education so I just figured every time I read, I learn, you know. So um, I knew if I started a book club that I would have to be held accountable for keeping up with the material for the book club. And that's, that's kind of how it really came about. Um, but there are more reasons that I started it too. Well, let's go into them. Like what else? Uh, uh, all right. I mean, I guess we have the time. But um, I just feel like, especially with the emergence of like social media and stuff, um, our youth and even people who are older we spend a lot of time a lot of idle time on there you know oftentimes well, mo most of us have twitter um instagram and snapchat some people have even facebook i don't have it i deleted mine but um i mean we sleep eight hours a day we work eight hours a day for the youth they, they're in school eight hours a day um and then we have eight more hours right and then I feel like the youth is on Twitter for 30 minutes and they, they, they flop from Twitter to Snapchat, then from Snapchat to Instagram, that's an hour and 30 minutes. And then by the time they go back to Twitter, their timeline is refreshed and they, it becomes like cyclical. Yeah. Right. And then they're playing Madden and, you know, going online and different yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting that you bring that up. I actually, uh, I saw a, a post that you had on uh, April 7th, which was... I believe for Mentoring 101, that was mm -hmm. one of your posts. And for, for, for those of you that haven't been on the website, and I encourage you to go on there, basically Amari will, will start a book and then start a conversation about it. Yeah. So he'll launch something on the first chapter or his first impressions and then get into it later. And I really thought what you said there was really interesting because that so much time is not being spent in a constructive manner, yeah. shall we say. So I guess on that, you know, to kind of make an – 
to make an impact to mentor people, which is a book that you wanted people to read. Yep. Is that important to you to make an impact like this? Is this kind of like a subtle way, a subtle reminder to say, hey, there's good constructive uses, you know, of of your downtime? Yeah, because I've, um, I know I had people lead me in the right direction, and if it wasn't for them, I can't say whether or not where I would be, you know. So I know that this is a good thing, and I know that it can help lead people in a good direction. Do you feel, what do you think that uh, you're about halfway through the books and stuff like that? Mm -hmm. And again, some of them are Stephen King, and some of them are, you know, uh, there was one on, you know, Samson, kind of a, you know, yeah. biblical thing, and there's uh, more self help stuff. Is, is there anything that you've really enjoyed through the first half uh, of this yeah. from, from a reading perspective? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. The first book that that I really enjoyed was the Stephen King book. It was it was very it was lengthy. It was intense. It was long, but it was really really well written, man. I really I really liked it. Um, another book was City of Glass. It was another novel. It was very thought provoking. It was a really good book. Um, it's another book called The Irresistible Revolution. It was like another Christian book, and that was probably the, my favorite book so far. Yeah. So. Um what was I going to say? So, like, as you go through each one of these books um, and you make these posts and start these conversations, one thing I was noticing is that it's not like you're just starting it and then walking away from it, that you interact with, with, yep. with people through, throughout the course of that. Do you enjoy that aspect of it? I mean, that's not something that many people know about or see, but do you enjoy kind of interacting with fans that way? Sometimes they ask you football questions. Sometimes they mention book questions. Yeah. Do you like that kind of interaction? Yeah, I do. I do. I think it's interesting. Um, at the same time, I understand that a lot of people don't have the time to sit there and um, follow along with the book club and actually read all of the material. But when they do find the time, it's it's very interesting. Yeah. And when you look at uh, so, I guess how do you how do you make your selections? You know, yeah. how like how'd you come up with twelve? So um, I, one day I was in the training room with one of the trainers. I was talking to him. Um, I. That's where the idea for the book club sparked. Um, I was in the training room, you know, I'm just bored in there getting treatment. And um, I told him about my idea. He was like, I think that's a good idea. Um, and I figured that, you know, you know, you can read a book in three days or whatever if you want to. But I, I knew how busy that I would be, especially when the season got to rolling. So I figured one book a month would be good. Um, and then I started to make the selection. I just started looking up books um, based off the things that I was interested in. Um, I'm a Christian, so I'll be interested in, you know, Christian books. Um, interested in in business books, investing. The Intelligent Investor is the next book on the list, um, and I wanted to sneak some novels in there just yeah. for my imagination. Yeah. So that's kind of how I came up with it. Yeah, it's it's kind of a good mix as opposed to it all being from one particular genre or something like that. I'm sure yep. kind of people will hop in on one or you know, so yeah, you're, yeah. you're appealing to a lot of different you know a lot of different interests and have you what have you thought about the response it's not like you've really gone out of your way to promote it in mm -hmm. a lot of big ways yeah if you look at the website your name's hard to find yeah. you, you know um it did you kind of like that it was kind of a you know it, it just kind of started you know organically maybe you know that you had a smaller group that maybe will get bigger and things like that uh, yeah i posted it a couple times mm -hmm. on instagram i do remember that yeah and then i posted like when I start a new book, I post it on my story. I guess just my personality doesn't allow me to really be conspicuous with anything. <laughs> yeah. You know, so um, that's probably the reason why I'm not out in the open with it. But I did figure that um, 
by word of mouth it will get out yeah so and i i i think it is kind of starting to to spread probably you know especially now that people start paying attention to you know that football season's cranked yeah. up and stuff like that and once you get into it and people like it then it'll kind of keep growing and mm-hmm. you talked about you know making an impact you know in small you know individual ways um or even just kind of showing you know kids that are always on social media there's something else to do like with your time i saw something on your timeline last night that was a really cool thing it was it was it was a kid from like an elementary school di- yeah. uh, discovery bay and he went up there and I, I think he was charged with giving like a speech on his hero and he's wearing an 89 jersey and he goes and he says my hero is amari cooper and here's why and uh when something like that comes across your timeline what's your reaction i mean you know that to have a kid like that looks up to you wants to go through all this like does that have an impact uh, on you? Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes we don't realize the amount of impact that we have. I mean, I don't even know this kid, yeah. you know. But, again, I think back to when I was a kid, and I remember one year it was Priest Holmes. He, p- he played for the Chiefs, and he, and he led the league in rushing. He didn't know me, but I was my favorite player at the time, and he had such an impact on me. You know, I wanted to be like him. So, um, you know, these kids, they watch us. They watch what we do, and it's important that we kind of lead them in the right direction. Do you, do you not like in every facet, but you kind of buy into that, you know, athletes should be role models in certain ways. Not in every way. That's what parents are for, but just in terms of work ethic and things like that, that, that you can set a, a, a good example, like just by doing. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a hard, that's a very hard question to answer. You know, some guys, they say that they're not a leader, uh-huh. you know, that people shouldn't follow them. They're just being themselves. And on the other hand, some people say that they have the responsibility to, you know, lead the youth in the right direction. Um, so I, I don't really yeah. know how to answer that one. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a tough conundrum for anybody, you know, to to like think about. But it's it definitely must be gratifying to know that you know there's kids out there that look up to you like in a positive way. Um, when you were growing up, you know, how much of an impact did your mom have, you know, on you know, kind of shaping the hard worker that you are and allowing you to have the opportunities that you had? How, how much of an impact uh, did she have on that? She had all the impact. Mm-hmm. Um, I owe everything to her mm-hmm. um, for, like, molding me into the person that I am today. I would see her work hard every single day um, from walking so far to get groceries, from catching uh, two buses in the Metro Rail to work and back. She just worked really hard, man, and she never complained. So I feel like every other, everything that I did in terms of working hard in the sports world, mm-hmm. it was nothing compared to what she did. Do you, is it gratifying that you can – I know we're getting all deep here, yeah. but is, is it gratifying that you can give it back a little bit? The, the Instagram post that, like, where, where you said you were finally able to buy her a house and a car, you yeah. know, that, that's one thing. I also saw your pre-Heisman uh, press conference, and you would mentioned that – it was her first time on an airplane and her first time to yeah, New yeah, York. Yeah. You know, did, like, do those little moments kind of mean something to you? You know, she worked hard, now you get to give it back? Yeah, it means the world because it's just so crazy to think about for me because I know how much I struggled growing up. Uh-huh. Um, and that was like 17 years. I went to college at 17. I re- wasn't really struggling yeah. like that when I went to college. I had my own room and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that was 17 years. But she struggled for 50 years. Right. You know, so... It's, mm-hmm. it's it's just crazy to think about for me. Right. So when, when I was able to do those things for her and put her in a comfortable situation, it means everything. Yeah. Um, 
it, it, you know, just, just having those kind of, you know, opportunities or whatever. Did, did you realize, I mean, obviously, if you have somebody like that in your corner, um, there was a really well-written story about your experience at the barnyard, you know, mm -hmm. with, 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 with people there that had an influence. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, you know, it may not have been easy at all times, but when you look back, do you think, okay, wow, you know, there were so many people that I'm grateful for, you know, to kind of get to this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's so many people that I'm grateful for, so many people that without them, I don't think I would be here. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I owe a lot to them. Yeah. They helped me along the way. They Some some people at the uh, barnyard, they introduced me to football, taught uh -huh. me how to play, really. Yeah. Um, but not only that, they, they, they took care of me. Yeah. It was my after-school program. They watched me as if they were my parents and it was like several hours per day there were summer camps and stuff yeah so in the summer it was like a job it was like from nine to five right yeah so they, they basically watched us uh -huh. you know they were parents for us mm -hmm. uh and then during the school years from two to five yeah yeah you know and i guess last question on all, all that stuff i know we've kind of gotten off on a tangent yeah um, <laughs> uh, a little bit but uh but i guess does that kind of go into your drive and your work ethic knowing all right football is my way to do something special right uh -huh. does, it, does that push you at all um uh, or maybe did it then i mean now is obviously different i look at it like like if you know if you knew me growing up and you knew uh -huh. my friends uh, growing up all we did was play football right so um we're of the opinion that we played football more than any any other kids our age because yeah. that's all we would do uh -huh. so i just feel like it's second nature for me it's what i was what i was born to do so this is just who i am yeah know? and kind of coming full circle back to the book club here uh -huh. and uh we're almost done and and just uh do you, everybody knows you as a football player like what i was saying it's real easy to read your stats or to watch you on sundays do you feel like you know e even though you know these books that you pick, and maybe you'll do it again next year, or you'll you'll kind of keep this thing going. It's kind of letting people in on what your other interests are, right? Mm -hmm. it, you know that they, they, that you're pretty devout. You know, and the people are reading, you know, like things about that, the novels and things like that 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 interest you. Kind of letting people in, just you know, like just a little bit. Hey, I'm more than just a football player. Yeah. Um. So I've always been interested in literature. Uh huh. Um. I actually wanted to be a journalist, like coming out of high school, yeah. but somewhere along the lines, I changed my mind. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that my personality allows me to kind of um, show who I am more through writing. Yeah, you know? right. As opposed to trying to, you know, sit up in front of a podium and a bunch of people at, like, yeah, because that's what I like about it too. You can kind of sit there and be by yourself and then figure it out and you know, exchange, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and really get it like a good expression of yourself that way. And the only way you're a good writer is if you're a good reader, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, do you think it'll be harder to get through the book a month now that you're cranked up? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it, it will be harder, man, because I'm so much more busy. Mm -hmm. um, and even the time that I have off, I should really dedicate it to football. You yeah. know, this is my job, uh -huh. watching film and things like that. Um, so I haven't even finished the Maltese Falcon yet. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna try to finish it because I'm, leaving to Atlanta uh -huh. um, this weekend. I'm trying to finish it on a plane, mm -hmm. um, but I, it might it might go into next month a little bit. Yeah, but hey, you know, keeping it up, 12 books a year. Again, the website, 12booksayear.wordpress.com. Yes. Log on to it, start reading. A lot of good stuff left ahead. Amari Cooper, I know you're really busy with football and you gotta get through some books too. So appreciate <laughs> you uh, taking the time. Yeah, thank you.
the Raiders Insider Podcast.